All right, let's have Bible study. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, Paul said, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think, dwell, ponder on these things. The wise man said in Proverbs 23, verse 7, For as he, a man, thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you walk around all gloomy all the time, then that's who you are because that's what you think about. That's what your brain feeds on. I'll come to that in a minute. Often the scriptures refer to the heart as the source of our thoughts. Proverbs fifteen twenty eight said, The heart of the righteous studies to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Jesus said in Matthew 15, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. What comes out of your mouth comes from your heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemy. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. And all the children said, Amen. God, of course, knows the content of our thoughts. The wise man said in Proverbs 16, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. Everybody thinks they're right. Everybody thinks they do right. But the Lord weigheth the Spirit. Our Creator designed us so that our thoughts have an impact on every aspect of our life. Positive thoughts bring about positive effects. Negative thoughts take everything from attitude to health in the opposite direction. So no wonder the author of Proverbs wrote, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So we can learn to control our thoughts, and that would change our brain's chemistry. It will affect your emotions. If you change the way you think, you can change the effect your thoughts has on your emotional structure and even influence your character. I wish all of us, including me, could get our head around that statement. I shared with you last Wednesday night that about 87% of everything wrong with us, 87% scientifically, about 87% of what's wrong with us starts right here. So that means you can have significant control over your physical well-being as well. I'm not into psychobabble, and that's not what this is. I just read to you scripture that's going to back up what I'm going to share with you tonight. Pastor and author Charles Swindoll describes the power we have to direct our thoughts. We have power to do that. Thoughts, positive or negative, grow stronger together when fertilized with constant repetition. That may explain why so many are gloomy and gray, and they stay in that mood. They stay there because that's what they think. That's how they think is gloomy, downcast, sad. Everything is wrong in my life. And that's why others who are always cheery and enthusiastic continue to be so, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. Please do not misunderstand. 
Happiness, like winning, is a matter of right thinking, not intelligence, not age, and not position. It's a matter of right thinking. Our performance is directly related to the thoughts we deposit in our memory bank. And we can only draw on what we deposit. What kind of performance would your car deliver if every morning before you left for work, you scooped a handful of dirt and put it in your crankcase? The once fine-tuned engine would soon be coughing and sputtering. Ultimately, it would refuse to start. The same is true of your life. Thoughts about yourself and attitudes toward others that are narrow, destructive, and abrasive produce wear and tear on your mental motor. They send you off the road while others drive past. So stop for a moment and reflect on your thought life. What type of deposits do you usually make every day into your brain by what you think about? Think about that. I'm asking you tonight, sincerely, honestly, very passionately, think about that. If you feed yourself with only the negative, that's all you're going to draw out of yourself is negative. Science simply confirms what Scripture has been saying all along for all these years. We are shaped in large part by our thoughts. Why else would the apostles say, and I'll read it again. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. There's a reason he said that. There's a reason why the wise man said, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You only get out of your brain what you put in it. And when you have a negative thought pattern all the time, that's all that's going to come out. And some of us have been too impacted by that. You'll see at the end of the service what I'm talking about. So often the scriptures refer to the heart as a source of our, our thoughts. The heart of the righteous studies to answer. You, you get your brain in gear before you get your mouth in gear. And so God, of course, as I just said, knows the content of our thoughts. We think everything we do is right and justified, but God weighs the Spirit. So our Creator designed us so that our thoughts would have an impact on every aspect of our life. Positive thoughts brings out positive effects. Negative thoughts take everything from attitude to health in the wrong direction. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So he knew that what modern science has confirmed. Negative thoughts are a form of pollution to our body. What's more, our thoughts, good and bad, affect what we say and do. Jesus said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is good. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, or the mind, the mouth, speaks. So, let me ask you a very compelling question tonight, and I want everybody to sit up straight, both feet on the floor, and listen with both ears. Are your thoughts shaping you, or are you shaping your thoughts? 
What are your thoughts producing? If you're not in control of your mind, then who or what is? If you're not controlling what you think, then who is controlling that? You or God? This is why I've been saying for the past couple of Wednesday nights, our, our negativity, and it's, there's too much of it in, in areas of Grace Church, that it's an affront to God, it's an insult to God. God put good things in us when we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He put His Spirit on the inside of it. That should come out once in a while. And especially when you're at church. I got four amens on that. And I don't need any affirmation. That's true no matter what. So clearly our thoughts feed our emotions. Our thoughts feed our emotions. Our thoughts feed how we feel. And our emotions, or the way we feel all the time, can affect our health. Again, science has proven that 87% of what's wrong with us starts right there. It does. It does. So, you know you must be aware of negative self-talk. It's toxic. But we aren't helpless victims of our thoughts. We can choose how they affect us we simply must learn how to direct their course i want to make a statement here real quick somebody cautioned me somebody that i love and trust and and cautioned me and said you might want to be careful in the presentation of this because you don't want to take people's um, desires and abilities or whatever you don't want to take all that away when they want to share traumatic things that's happened in their life i'm not trying to take any of that away we still believe in prayer requests We still believe and know that awful things can happen to great people. We know that. What I'm talking about tonight is when we build an idol out of the negative things that's happened in our life, and that's all we worship. That's what I'm talking about. And it needs to stop. It does need to stop. Keep sending in your prayer requests. But, I mean, every time somebody walks up to you and something negative comes out of your mouth, after a while, people are going to quit coming up and talking to you. I've already started with some. No, I'm kidding. I've thought about it, though. But instead of thinking about that, I think about my foot never being run over by a wheelbarrow. And that helps me. Helps me get through. Helps me make it to another day. Darren's back there scratching his head, trying to figure out what in the world's going on in here tonight. I understand. I feel your pain. I hadn't figured it out yet either. I wish my mind wasn't so scattered. My mind feels so divided. My thoughts are so fragmented. These are some statements that one counselor would make to people that came to see him. He said, I ask people who make these statements, is this the first time you've ever made that statement? And they look at me, he said, like I've lost my mind. And usually they end up confessing that these statements have been constant companions of mine For years, they think that way. That's what they think about themselves. That's what they think about their mind. Um, No wonder they feel the way they feel. So when we repeat any statement enough, even unintentionally, we cause it over time to become reality. 
You can beat up your spouse enough in your own head that you'll get to where you despise the person whether they've done anything bad to you or not. Is anybody following me here tonight? You can, you can beat up your children or your parents. You, you can keep telling yourself things over and over and over. You can do that with your job. You can do it with your home, your automobile. You can do it with your pet. You can do it with anything. But if you keep telling yourself something over and over long enough, after a while you're going to start believing it, whether it's true or not. And this is what I'm talking about tonight. There's people who live in a mindset of negativity, and that's all you think about. Anything negative pops up on your radar, and if something positive happens, you summarily dismiss it like nothing ever happened and just continue in that negative thought mind. Well, this is where God gets insulted because He's awesome in our life. Let's think about Fran. You remember Fran from a couple of Wednesday nights ago? When she repeats to herself over and over that she's probably going to have a bad day, guess what? Boy, y'all are brilliant. Y'all are amazing. The intelligence level here tonight is astounding. Hallelujah. She experiences so many negative emotions and even significant philosophical reactions such as an upset stomach, a headache, or nervousness that other problems occur and simply as a result of her negative self-talk she does indeed have a bad day. I heard a story years ago and I've never forgotten it. Uh, Sister Murphy and I had, I'm not sure we were even married. If we weren't married we were engaged. It's been 41 years ago I've never forgotten it. A company decided to do a test on some of their employees. True story over 40 years ago. Don't think it's not relevant today. It's more relevant now than it ever has been. <laughs> but one of their employees showed up at work one day and he came springing through the door and good morning and good morning. Yeah, good morning, man. Good morning. Went and sat down. And they had another employee. This was all planned out. Over about a 30 minute period of time, 30 minutes, one employee woke up and said, uh, Hey, Steve, you feeling all right today? Yeah, man, I'm doing good. So, oh, no, man, you look a little, your color, you know, just something, you know, just, and, and, and the person walked away. And two or three minutes later, another person walked up and said, hey, Steve, how's it going, man? Oh, I'm doing good, man. You, you feeling all right? Your nose it might be a little runny. It sounds like you're sniffling. And they kept doing this to this man, and in 30 minutes, the man went home sick. It's a true story. They pumped enough into his head that he got to thinking about that. You know, maybe I am. You're feeling a little cold sweat on my... And there wasn't nothing wrong with him. They convinced him of that because they poured those thoughts into his brain. And that's what he started thinking. And he went home sick. This is the kind of thing that I'm talking about. If you repeat it over and over and over, the fact of the matter is you're going to repeat some of this stuff for the rest of your life. And you'll never snap out of it and people feel uncomfortable, and you're not as productive, and you're not as successful, and and you blame it on everything around you, and it's not. It's right here. So we need to be aware of negative statements, especially about our own minds. We don't have to feel scattered, divided, and fragmented. We've been given more than that as believers. Listen to this. The Bible promises the believer If you've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, this is a biblical promise that's been made to everybody in this room that has baptism of the Holy Ghost. In 2 Timothy, Paul writes, and I'm going to read you the Amplified Version first. 
For God did not give us a spirit of timidity that is of cowardice, of craven, cringing, fawning fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. That's what you got when you received the Holy Ghost. And it's up to you to allow that to work in you. You have to give the Holy Ghost control. God don't come in like a bulldozer and a sledgehammer, and he don't mow you down and say, look, you're going to do it this way or else. You have to let the Holy Ghost work in you. And it begins by what you think. So if you think what Paul said on those great and wonderful things, then that's who you will become. But you have to let the Holy Ghost guide you there. But if you refuse to let the Holy Ghost take you there, it's not going to force you. So scriptural teaching about our thoughts is not just informative, it's encouraging and potentially life-changing. Memorizing and dwelling upon this one scripture can help bring order to your thought life and as a result improve your relationships, can improve your relationships, your marriage, your parenting, your co-workers, your boss, Maybe he's not, or she is not quite that bad if you would change the way you think about them. Maybe they're not. I've had to learn to get along with a few in my lifetime. And it doesn't hurt. It's just a matter of the way you want to think about it. So we have to understand that we have to discipline our mind and be accountable. So you can improve your relationships, you can improve your health, and you can improve your happiness just based on what you think about. Nothing else in your life has to change but your thought process. You don't believe me. Our U.S. government came out with a a statistic about five or six years ago, if my memory serves me right, that people in this country who live on welfare live better than 97% of the other people that live on this planet. What are you whining about? We live, I don't know of anybody tonight that's in this room right now that's going to spend the night under a bridge somewhere in a cardboard box. I don't know one person that your heat don't work. You don't have food in your pantry. If you go to bed hungry tonight, it's because you're too lazy to go in the kitchen to fix you something to eat. Am I right? You don't have to agree with me. I'm right anyway. There's people here tonight that we all have health issues, high blood pressure and cholesterol and sugar diabetes, and a lot of that we did to ourselves. Some of it's genetic, and you couldn't help it. Your mama did it to you. (laughs) Don't get mad at her. (laughs) We all have health issues, and I I just spent $500 on my car. I'm not happy about that, but you know what? I'm thankful I have one to spend $500 on. It just depends on how you look at it. I would welcome you folks instead of just griping and complaining about getting up in the morning or stopping on the way home from church tonight to have to buy a gallon of milk at Walmart, why don't you get up in the morning and when it's 30-something degrees and go milk your cow? And when you're done with that, hop on your horse and go to work. There's a thought process that we developed, and our main problem is we're spoiled, and life don't come easy enough, and we have to work a little too hard. That refrigerator's a little too hard to open. I wish our refrigerator was easier to open. Man, just, it's just aggravating. And the ice maker, man, just, it's aggravating. Every time I put my glass under it, one falls out on the floor. What kind of thought pattern is that, man? Think about it. In our microwave, instead of heating your food in 30 seconds, you wish you'd do it in 15. What do you want? As a man thinks in his heart, 
So is he. I'm just trying to help somebody here tonight. So imagine the power of repeating the encouraging passage from 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind, a sound mind, a sound mind, a sound mind, a sound mind. So this can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. The result of it, a person who is calm. Imagine being married to that kind of person. Why y'all getting quiet on me all? Am I treeing something here? I'll teach on this next Wednesday night. Y'all getting too quiet for me now. It's getting me nervous. A person who is calm, a person who's disciplined, a person who is self-controlled, a person with a well-balanced mind can create more of a positive, self-fulfilling prophecy just simply based on the way you think. It's biblical and it's scientific. So I'm not into psychobabble and I'm trying to be very careful here, but there's a lot of merit in what I'm teaching because the Bible said it. But I believe there's people here tonight that could think yourself healthier. You could think yourself more successful. You can think yourself out of worry and anxiety. Who was it said here recently? I read a statistic that what is about 98% of things worry about, people worry about, never come to pass. That's a lot of wasted brain time, man. A lot of brain power wasted for nothing. You can think yourself out of worry and anxiety. I remember, I, we laugh about it now. It wasn't too funny then. We laugh about it now. But uh, when our kids would come in past curfew and Sister Murphy, would, I'd go to bed. She'd say, the, you know, Marcus isn't home and he's an hour late. I said, look, the state trooper will call eventually. <laughs> That's all I can do. I don't know where he's at. He won't answer the one cell phone we had and gave it to him. He won't answer it. There's nothing I can do. I'm not going to get up and ride around wherever for two hours and come home and say I couldn't find him I don't know where he's at but if he's in a wreck dying on the side of the road or dead on the side of the road a state trooper they'll find him eventually I don't worry about it but I'm not so good at not worrying about other things and I work on myself and I'm, I'm being honest here tonight but you can think yourself out of bitterness and resentment you can make yourself quit being bitter you can it's a matter of what you think you can Think yourself out of resentment. Yes, you can. You can think yourself. You can think yourself into forgiving somebody. You can think yourself in control of your emotions. You can think yourself out of stress. You can think yourself happy. The, the possibilities are, are limitless just by the way you think. So some people say they feel... They're responsible to their mind. The problem with that is that we've given control to whatever is raging at the moment in our lives. When we give our mind control, we think we have to go along with whatever upset, worry, anxiety, or depressive thought might be occurring. Being responsible to it means going along with whatever's occurring. You can learn to be responsible for your mind instead of to your mind. And I'm not going to allow There's thoughts that I kick out of my brain every day. I got some text messages today that I didn't think too much of. I threw it out. I still have the text message, but I just chose not to think about it. I'm going to get worked up, and I'm going to get stressed out, and I'm going to worry, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I can't control the situation. I'm, I'm not sure you folks are, are hearing me tonight. I'm putting my heart into this. I'm trying to help somebody just to be a happier, more fulfilled person. Letting the Spirit of God and the Word of God on the inside of you truly, truly work. 
And being responsible for your mind is what the Scripture teaches us and instructs us to do. We can learn to direct our mind to reflect God's will and purpose of our, for our lives. We can become, ex- a, 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 we can because experiencing emotions based on thinking this way is a biochemical event following scriptural principles it creates a different biochemical solution the kind that god deserves and desires for us clearly it's a better way to live when you're responsible for your mind and you control what it thinks so new thoughts are old memories Both can direct your life. It's possible to change and control them. I'm telling you tonight, um, I have a family member, and that's all I'll say. um, Because some of you know this person. But I have said for years that I could sit down with this person for five minutes and punch a few buttons. I did it one time. It's been years and years ago. And I punched a few buttons, and the family person said, quote, if you don't stop, I'm going to get up and knock your teeth out. And meant it. So I'll quit. <laughs> See, that's wise right there. That's just being smart. <laughs> Mama didn't raise no fool. I was born at night, but not last night. <clears throat> but there's buttons that can be pushed in our lives by anybody. It can be pushed by the way you think. It can be pushed by old memories. When something comes into your mind that's going to, it's starting to get you all worked up, Pitch it out. Start thinking about something else. Think about a wheelbarrow running over your foot. I'll get rid of it. Try to figure out the, all the mathematical stuff for that to happen. But learn how to think on positive things. Now, I understand I'm not naive and I'm not trying to be calloused or cold. I know there's folks sitting here tonight that have some huge mountains to climb ahead of you. And we are very compassionate towards that, and we're very empathetic and sympathetic before that. I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but two of those people are here tonight. And Brother Mike and Sister Sheila, I love these people to death. We were graciously invited into their home for a wonderful, wonderful meal. Hint, hint. (laughs) Had a wonderful, wonderful time at their house. The other night, you too, (laughs) look at me in that tone of voice. They have a very difficult situation in their life right now. It came up once or twice for about five minutes in the two plus hours we were in their home. I know it took a lot of discipline and a lot of responsibility on their part to not just want to talk about that and talk about that and talk about that. But they didn't do it. When we left that night, I almost got emotional on the way home, knowing what's ahead of them and how they were just so fun and encouraging and positive. We had a wonderful time with these folks. It is not their mind controlling them, but them controlling their mind. And you can do it. You can do it. We hung out the other night with Dave and Farah. They've been in it for, what, almost two years? In the middle of it, have about another eight, nine months to go with getting Dawson through his illness. And it comes up every once in a while. But I can tell you, they talk about other things far more than they do that. Why? 
Because after a while, the Holy Ghost begins to work in the lives of people. And God can give you a reason to smile even when you think you don't have one. And that's what I'm encouraging people to do. So we're going to play a video in a minute. Y'all have heard me talk about Debbie Downer. I met Debbie Downer through Casey. I didn't know who Debbie Downer was. And I understand that Debbie Downer, for some of you folks that you may know Debbie, uh, I'm going to start referring to her as Sister D.D. around here. When I say Sister D.D., I'm talking about Debbie Downer. We're going to meet her tonight. Now, last night, or last Wednesday night, we introduced to you Hug Man. Y'all remember that? Well, Hug Man's not here tonight. So we're going to appoint Darren as our temporary Wednesday night hug man. So if anybody has a tear in your eye, sorrow in your heart, we will happily pray with you, and then our hug man will give you a nice warm hug and make you feel better. But tonight I want you to meet the other end of that spectrum in Debbie Downer. Before we get to that, I have personally experienced this here at Grace Church. You can be in a group of people, and this is, I want to be very careful of what I'm, how I'm going to say this, but I want you to take it in the way that I'm, I'm saying it and the spirit I'm saying it. I've been in groups before, having a great time, and everybody's ha, 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 and somebody will invariably tap me on the arm or the shoulder and get my full undivided attention in the presence of a whole lot of people and say, Pastor, this has been an awful week. Everything in my life is falling apart. I would like, and this is where I want to be real careful. This is what I want you to think about. When you present a group of people that story, what do you want that group of people to do at that moment with that information? It's not a prayer meeting. Now, it can become one, but it's not one. And we wouldn't mind shutting everything down. We can dim the lights, we can turn on music, everything, and we can have a prayer meeting if that's what we need to do. Or... Do you want everybody to shed a tear? I'm not trying to sound cold and callous. I just don't know what people want when they do that. There's a great environment going on here, and somebody is going to kill it with a negative story. It happens too much here at Grace Church. If you want to vent and have a... a, a I started using another word. I won't use that one. A vent session with Pastor... Make an appointment. We'll go to the office. I'll bring Sister Murphy. You can bring somebody. And we will cry and we'll pray with you. But when we're in a moment where things are really happy, don't ruin it. You don't want prayer, obviously, because you never ask for it. Very rarely do. Should not say never, but very rare. You just won't tell a sad story. You're not going to get a tear. <laughs> to tell this story on our beloved Merrill Murphy. This happened 25 years ago, so enough time has passed. But we had a young man attending our church, and I uh, wish Brother Merrill was here to hear this. He came to church one night with a patch on his eye about that big around and about that thick, just patch. And then that old white tape that don't stick very good, you know, if you peel it up once, it's done. And had that strapped all over his face and and stand up, Brother Steve. If you're Brother Merrill, this is the guy with the patch, and he keeps doing this for Brother Merrill. He wants Brother Merrill to see that eye patch. 
Hey, Brother Merrill, how you doing tonight, man? Everything going good? He just won't see that eye patch. Thank you. Can anybody guess what Brother Merrill did? He didn't say one single word about that eye patch. And I think of that. I'm trying to help somebody here tonight. That every good, fun moment in your life doesn't have to end on a sad, sorrowful note. Now, I'm going somewhere with this, and you won't know about it for another couple of weeks. But I'm, I have a strategy, and I've told you that from the beginning. That let's have fun with the things we can have fun with. And if you want to share something very personal, very intimate, something that's hurting, do that in the appropriate environment. You need to remember that, and we'll come back to it. Remember that. I hope everybody's watching on live stream if you're not here tonight. This person that I'm describing at a real fun-loving, functional, very productive event that tells a story, that's going to be our own Sister D.D., and that's going to be your name. We'll call you Sister D.D. Uh, play the video clip, Brother Nathan, and show them what I mean.
if Debbie wants to resign, there's a few here. You might want to brush up on your resume. I'm kidding. But y'all get the point. Did y'all get the point? Yes, it's funny. And, uh, but it is true. There's a reality to that, that there's just folks that want to just, when they see everybody having a good time, this is a great opportunity for me to share my most sad, most horrible, awful story of my life. Not wanting prayer and not really wanting to, to change. It's because that's the way we think. So let me ask you tonight, as much work as I've done on my life through the years and still not finished, God's not done with me yet. Thank God he's not done. But I've worked real hard. I, I can become, I'll, I'll say it this way, I fight being a negative person every minute of every hour of every day. It is so easy for me to think negative. It's, it's so natural for me to think negative. And I work every day hard to discipline myself not to do that. If I caved in to all of my negative thoughts and came to the pulpit with it every service, there wouldn't be very many folks here left after a while. Because you know that's what pastor's going to do when he comes to the pulpit. I've heard of pastors, I've known of pastors that's fallen victim to that. They live in the perpetual state of prayer request. But no amount of prayer is going to change that until they change the way they think. So I work on myself every day, and I'm asking all of us to do that. Again, I have a strategy with this. I believe God has me on a path with Grace Church. When people greet you, when people walk up to you and shake your hand, smile at them and tell them you're doing good. Even if you're not, it's not that you're lying per se. You're just training your brain to think different because there are good things in your life. There are good things in your life. There are good things in your life. Yes, there is. So be warm. Be a gentle person. If you have negative things, take them to Jesus. He's really the only one that can help anyway. But more than anything else, change the way you think. And I'm telling you folks, it will impact your relationship with God, your marriage, your parenting, the relationship you have with your parents. He'll change your you on the job. It'll change every part. This isn't just for church. This is for every part of your life. Because you are, the Bible said, what you think. You are what you think. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You get the point. So, if we could keep Debbie Downer on our prayer list. Because <laughs> the poor lady needs some help, buddy. She needs some help, obviously. So, seriously, take this into 2018. Um, I'm hoping next Wednesday night, if not next, that we'll do the following. Uh, we'd like to have most of Grace Church back if we can. Uh, for next Wednesday night, but I want to give you a little homework assignment uh, next Wednesday night, Lord willing. If we don't do it then, we'll do it the following. But a little homework assignment for you. I'd like for everybody to participate in it. You don't have to bring it back, but take it home, and it's going to be to help you do this. And again, we're headed to a point, and I want our new year to start off with a bang here at Grace Church. We're going to start popping some fireworks, figuratively speaking, and start celebrating some things. And everybody said amen. Thank the Lord. God bless you tonight. Get up and shake hands with somebody. Be warm. Leave the negativity alone. Leave it, leave it. Just shake somebody's hand. Tell them how wonderful God is and your life is. God bless you. You're dismissed, and we'll see you Sunday morning. <clears throat>